0: Welcome to the Spice podcast, for those of you who have never seen this, which you haven't, because this is our first one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is where I get to hear phenomenal stories of people from all different walks of life um, and specifically talk and kind of get in depth on some of their adversities and how they have dealt with them, overcome them, and hopefully just totally demolished and conquered them. In your case, I think that's what it is, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here with me today is Melanie Trigg. Uh, I'm calling you the runway fashion designer turned yogi. Okay. I don't know if that's what you want to be ta- called, that's but that's kind of what came where to we my are, yeah. yeah. It's what came to my mind. <laughs> yep. What a fascinating story. Yeah. So you, you literally just got done with your yoga class. And yes. You
1: yep. Just taught this morning. It wasn't did,
0: too sweaty. this morning. Okay. So, I was yeah. going to say you look gorgeous Thank for you. having just sweated out, but it's maybe the, it's the yoga glow, the yoga glow. <laughs> yes. I do know Definitely. the yoga glow. Yep. Although thing. I have to be honest, I, I was really, I mean, I've been doing yoga for years, but I've kind of like gotten out of, I've like kind of gotten lazy. So we'll have to talk after about maybe you helping me kick my butt back into gear on Absolutely. that. Happy I can tell, it. I always can tell if I haven't been doing yoga, if I'm having if my hips are starting to be tight, Yep. because that seems to be like that number one spot, like hips and neck, mm-hmm. you know, and you neck like and shoulders for me, yeah, ne- neck and yeah. shoulders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is funny because that's all about expression, right? The mm-hmm. neck and the shoulders and the ears, this whole area, the throat chakra, which is where you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I always, I'm yeah. like blocked up there. Mm-hmm. It's like, Trauma, trauma.
1: (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) I'm fine. Yeah. Well, what
0: was that like when you, okay, so you were on Project Runway in 2018. It
1: was, was that the last season
0: or this last?
1: It was season eighteen, but we oh. shot it in twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen,
0: yeah, summer of twenty nineteen. So okay. last summer. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I was trying to. I couldn't watch the show. I was like YouTubing, trying to find you on the shows. But yeah. I did find this awesome news segment that you did. Oh, good. And good. you had you had the fashion um, uh, runway models walking yeah, yeah, out, yeah. showing your stuff. It was really cool yeah. to watch. Uh, what I mean was it was it challenging for you to be on camera or in in the beginning was it is it something you were comfortable with like what was that sort of process like for you
1: yeah it was really surreal because i've done a fair amount of work behind the camera i've done a fair amount of production work okay so then being the talent like i'm used to the work of being a fashion designer and i'm used to doing runway presentations mm-hmm. and to an extent used to speaking in front of people about my work um but it was just a little bit surreal being the focus yeah, (laughs) and not having the control of the production side I was the subject more so um, was
0: there okay so I don't I mean I've had very little experience but I've had a little bit of a little bit of experience with um the reality scene and I felt there I remember there was one one like sort of show it was a pilot that was being filmed and I felt like I was being manipulated into feeling certain ways there was this sort of like they were, they were really good at trying to get me to react and respond in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if you, if on Project Runway, if it was a similar experience, you almost feel like they're pushing you into a corner to try to pull out whatever it is they want you to say.
1: I I can't speak to, <laughs> um, because of an NDA, I can't speak to that side of it, but I can right. say that um, that they capture so much. Yeah. So we're in such a range of emotions. For me, the range of emotions was so much more personal than the work that was being put in front of me. Yeah. So it was it was challenging to feel like I was coming off as flustered or um, incapable because of the conditions I wasn't emotionally, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it was triggered by the experience. So yeah, it's right. real, your environment it's real, is so intense. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was. Maybe even
0: more intense than it necessarily needed to be. I think, um, yeah. I and think we can, we can leave it at right, that. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I think for me, it was. Um, it was cool to see that when you're really committed to creative work, mm-hmm. the hurdles, as in anything, are in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the work. You can do the work yeah. physically. It's yeah, yeah it's it's, it's, all it's those blockages mental. inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that get you off. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so let's let's backtrack a little bit, just yeah. so our our audience can get an idea of really like where you started. Yeah. So you're you're you grew up in Seattle. Yeah, I grew up.
1: Um, we I was born in Ballard, and then we moved to Bainbridge when I was about six. So nice. for most of my young life on. Uh, and then in,
0: when high school hit, um, the only th- so I, I read your bio. It's like it was wonderful. I really enjoyed reading it. It okay. was it was like one a.m. in the morning, and I was <laughs> falling asleep. And then I got this email, and I literally. It was like a book where I like started reading it and I was like, I'll just probably read the rest later. And then I'm like, nope, keep reading, keep reading, keep reading, I can't, I'm like, I have to finish this because it's so good. It was, it was really, good. yeah, I really enjoyed learning a little bit about you. Um, and thank you for being so vulnerable. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, that's very powerful. It's, it's powerful to be open. Um, but I did giggle when you talked about Britney Spears doing a thousand crunches and you reading that in a magazine and that being like your experience. You're like, oh, that's how I look like that supermodel, you know, or that mm-hmm. hot body that I always want to have. Um, and I I totally related to that. One, because I idolized Britney Spears. Who didn't? Really? I I mean, I think I started idolizing her when I was like six years old. It was something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you have a couple years on me, but not many, you know? And it probably got you right at that sort of like teen hood where that is so, I mean, it's so intense at that time. So then to have that type of pressure. Yeah. And those sort of idols. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think... Looking back on it, I mean I'm I'm really hopeful for where we're at now in society and I think mm-hmm. there's so much more po- body positivity in yeah. youth culture now. Yeah. But looking back on it, it just wasn't even a question. Yeah. In the 90s, early yeah. 2000s, it was just like, "Oh no, that's you're supposed to look like that." Yeah. That's what's right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Looking back, it's like, "Oh my god, that was Effective brainwash. Really
0: effective. <laughs> really effective yeah. brainwash. One of the many ways we like to brainwash society. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, so after high school, you went to Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And yep. W- yep. what was the fashion? It's is, called Rhode Institute? Island
1: School of Design. Okay. Yep. RISD mm-hmm. is what it's called. RISD. Yeah. Yep.
0: And you didn't last long there. It wasn't... I
1: could have. I would have loved to finish. It was just super expensive. It was, yeah, I, yeah. it was like close to $60,000 a year and Yeah. just... Yeah, too a much. Lot. Um, but the experience, even that first year was um just I'd tap into it anytime I'm in a creative setting. It's being around that large of a group of people that are trying to be creative day in and day out is yeah. you never get that again in life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's traveled with me for sure, though I do wish I could finish. So
0: yeah. Well, and I found it interesting this sort of like as you were talking about your story growing up, because you're you know, you're in fashion, right? So you're in this very like prestigious, intense, judgy. Um, just, I don't know what you would what that word you would put on it. There's a
1: lot of status. status. It's a, yeah. That's yeah. yes. Th- mm-hmm. That would
0: be the word. So high status. And then at the same time, um, which you liked, right? You, you, to a certain degree, you like that because it's mm-hmm. just—it's a part of the artistry. Mm-hmm. And you, and you spoke—you spoke to fashion as like this wonderful artistry. While at the same time, as you're looking at these magazines of these toothpicks. It was really, you know, you look back and you're almost probably disgusted or like, you're like, why did I, you know, to a certain extent? Yeah, yeah.
1: It was like I was trying to find my foothold into it. I think I was entranced by, really by the creativity and artistry of the fashion design that I would see. Like, it was exciting to me, but because it was paired with that image of stick thin models. Yeah. Really. I mean, I'm unwrapping that still as I come into my own, like what, what was the hook? Was it that I wanted my body to look that way or that I loved the artistry of the design work?
0: Right. So it's, yeah, it's, well, my gut would be you would, you love the artistry, Mm -hmm. but because your first sort of experience with this artistry was in this sort of image, you know, with Mm -hmm. this figure, Mm -hmm. then it, I mean, I, yeah, I would assume. I feel like in in your in some of your recent designs, though, I don't get a feeling that you were you're tailoring your fashion to that, no, which is wonderful. And I'm
1: not. I think when yeah. I first started, it was very much like, okay, how can I get thin models for my runway shows? Really, I mean, it was like, yeah. oh, how do I? Because you just want you just want to
0: do what everyone else mm-hmm. is doing that
1: you've seen be successful. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um. But more and more, I mean, my custom work through the years has been. Not for size zeros, it's not those aren't the people that are commissioning custom work, yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's yeah. been a progression through my my creative work has been just getting more real with people's bodies and
0: mm-hmm. making that
1: beautiful and mm-hmm. amplifying that natural beauty, so yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: so um. You after after Project Runway, and you made it. How many episodes did you go, or sessions? I'm not sure how I it. I
1: think it was five, mm-hmm. and then I got to come back for a sixth episode with uh,
0: with my friend Jeffrey, who nice. ended up winning. So cool, yeah, yeah. cool, very cool, yeah. And then did you uh, find your yoga practice after or before or sort of wh- I had been practicing um, since about
1: 2014. I started practicing yoga. Um, so I'd had, yeah, a good number of years under my belt um, okay. personally practicing. Yeah. And then um, I taught a class to the other contestants while I was there. Oh, cool. <laughs> and then, Christian Siriano, the mentor, did this interview with me afterwards, and he was asking me about my yoga work, too. And um, it just was like, okay, that's that's where I'm headed. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I mean, I love fashion. I always will. It's just yeah. – um, And it'll be there whenever I can come back to it. Yeah. But um, – yeah, I think I, I need a different direction. Well, and it would be,
0: I think it would be interesting to see how like your yoga, you know, your more spiritual side of who you are of is evolving and then come maybe coming back to it. Yep. You know, with me in nutrition, I, I was working in nutrition, not for myself. I was working for all these big companies and then I left it and I did something totally different and now I'm just coming back to it, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's funny how, the, how we kind of, I, don't know, I feel like we're guided to a certain extent You know, and everything kind of will show itself. I feel like it's, you know, it's still part of your, part of your story. That maybe it's not, it's not, it's the chapter isn't closed. The book isn't done yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I
1: think, I think you're really right. And I've always had that kind of, not a back burner as, and I'm bailing on it. Just like, it's always back there. I'm always soaking in creative and inspiring stuff that I see in the world. Like I'm always noticing things that I like visually Yeah, and it'll be able to be expressed at some point. So yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to talk further about kind of yoga and diving into that. Yeah. But I think yeah. I feel like, or I'm intuiting that maybe your your sort of movement and your your own awakening into that part of your life had something to do with more darker things that mm-hmm. ha- happened prior. Yeah. Yep, and definitely. um, you, and you hint at it in in your biography when I was reading it. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe um we can start with college. Yes. Yeah. You were, you were getting ready to go to LA. You had plans to L- go to LA mm-hmm. and, and you found somebody who went and you said 10 years older than you yep. and mine was 20. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: happens. I found the 20, the 20
0: year old man mm-hmm. who I thought would be so mature. It turned out he was actually
1: <laughs> surprised. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm really, I think I want to start by saying that I'm just, yoga has helped me give space to people that have hurt me um, and appreciate the fact that I probably wasn't perfect either in those circumstances, mm-hmm. um, but working towards using the hurt, the personal hurt towards empowerment yeah. as as someone that's passed it now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that men and whatever the, Kind of relationship, women, however you identify, there's hurt that you put on other people that you don't even realize you're applying. Mm-hmm. So until you hear it back to you, how are you going to change and how are you going to know how to behave differently? Yeah. So I couldn't say it back in the moment, but now I can say it. <laughs> so that feels that feels like progress.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I guess. The- I'm trying to string along and maybe I need to have a bit of a background about you and your family life before yeah. I ask these deeper questions. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, because often our childhood impacts us way more dramatically than we know. Mm-hmm. Did you come from a stable family unit where your parents together? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. your relationship with your father <clears throat> really close and your mother? I mean, what what did that look like?
1: So I was the youngest, I was the third of three daughters. Um and I was definitely looking for attention most of my life. Uh-huh. Um, my dad worked full time forever, and so he just was worked really hard and busy. Was really committed, but just working to support us. Um, the so provider wasn't there and
0: as much. less less of the
1: emotional pieces. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, throughout to this day, he has always kind of gotten me more than my mom had traditionally. Mm-hmm. He just when I wanted to go off to a concert in Seattle he wanted me to go see that con- like there wasn't as much fear i think on his side for me Got and it. my mom had more fear for me that i was kind of stepping into things that weren't good for me um
0: yeah do so. you think your um do you think your dad was aware of it or do you think he just had a less less hands on maybe less i'm um,
1: i think i think he had just had such a um such a tumultuous, for lack of better words, young adulthood, that it Mm -hmm. he wasn't like worried about me. (laughs)
0: Like (laughs) I was savvy enough (laughs) that I wasn't, you won't be doing anything that I haven't already done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like, just, um, we lived in a safe community and I was friends with good kids that had good parents. And I just, you know, we weren't, we were, yeah, we were pushing our boundaries, but in a safe, right, pretty controlled, safe way. Yeah. Looking back, on yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> so, totally. um, so, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think, my upbringing, being the youngest, definitely made me feel like I had something to prove, kind of from the get go. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I can do what you can do, yeah, and I can oh, do yeah. my own. Thing, I see that too. with
0: my, I see that with my three-year-old all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he always, he's right now we're in the phase of trying to tell daddy that he's, you know, that like he can do something better than, or he's stronger, taller. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you, all like two feet of you have a long ways to go.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, you're all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But yeah, and in terms of like that family dynamic, I think, um, I think I just knew that I wanted to do something different. I wanted to be different and I wanted to be good at it.
0: Yeah. 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 Mm hmm. So, but I mean, having, you know, being so easily kind of, I don't like to use the word brainwash on the show, but what, what would you, persuaded um, and impacted by the magazines and the fashion world and stuff from you on, on a personal note, when you found yourself in a, in a less than optimal place, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I read that you, you resorted to some pretty intense sort of self-medicating uh, practices that weren't necessarily effective. And I, you know, I have to be totally honest that I, I don't, I don't have that experience Mm -hmm. that wasn't, you know, I have, I have my own bag of, of traumas, but you know, food, food issues and disorders were not something that I, I had, I had insecurities around it. I Mm -hmm. have, Mm -hmm. you know, I have stuff around, you know, I think my my, my stomach was always my sort of like place that I felt like it was gross and not good enough and not pretty enough mm-hmm. and probably has mm-hmm. something to do with Britney Spears's abs that <laughs> I saw on the MTV mm-hmm. music video mm-hmm. when she was holding that snake and I yep. was like, holy crap, I want those. Um, but for you, you know, it, it really impacted you. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think where
1: my awareness around my body came from, I mean, it was definitely from magazines. It was from pop culture at that time. And then, um, in my last couple years of high school, I started having aversions to food or just noticing aversions to food, mm-hmm. dairy and gluten specifically. Yeah. And, um, my mom was on kind of a personal healing path too. She, um, she just never, she, she oftentimes just didn't feel well, um, through her motherhood. I mean, she just would not feel great. Um, and so she was trying to figure out if food was the source of her discomfort. And, um, so I was kind of following that path with her and, um, tried going gluten and dairy free and it worked great. But I do think that in a time in my life where things were really uncertain and I was going into school and then couldn't finish school and moving to a new city, food became this kind of like, Oh, well, I can control this. Yeah. I I'm gluten free and dairy free. I can't have that, that, and that I can just, I can do this and I can mm-hmm. exercise and I can control my body and what
0: I put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't, isn't necessarily a bad mm-hmm. thing, right? Cause you, you want to own that you want to take responsibility mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for you, it, it, it became almost an obsession.
1: It was, yeah, I think it was really, I didn't, I didn't have this insight at the time, obviously, but looking back, yeah, it was something I could control. It was Mm -hmm. a standard in my life, something I knew, okay, I can have this many calories. And also, I mean, really like calorie counting was something that was in magazines Mm -hmm. for young people. Like it just, that's not any way for a young person to live, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was a constant, so I could rely on it. Um, and then, then the result of having such a restrictive diet, was losing a bunch of weight and being really skinny. Yeah. Which in my head was as a young person was like desirable, but so disordered, like you can't just exercise four hours a day as a young, a 20 year old art starving artist. Like that's just not, (laughs) it's not going to work out. Yeah. Um, so did you
0: have any intense health issues that came with it? Not,
1: not yet. I was, I was lucky. I mean, I think that I yeah. could have done a lot of damage. if. I what was no the time period
0: where you were, I mean, <clears throat> bulimic would be what you.
1: Yeah. I think when I, when I went to school to, to give kind of a timeline to it. So I had, um, my senior year of high school, I had gone gluten-free and dairy-free and then going into school, there was a dining hall and so limited food options. Mm-hmm. And so I lost a bunch of weight cause I was eating. Vegetables the and turkey <laughs> and hard boiled eggs and fruit. Like there was no gluten free, dairy free, fat really option. Huh. So, um, so that just was a natural byproduct. Um, and then just exercising and exercising and exercising as a way to fill time. Um, yeah, it was like I think kind of exercise bulimia to an extent, like, um, Working off all of the calories that I had, cons- minimal calories that I'd consumed, mm-hmm. and then, um yeah, and then it just kind of reversed when I got back home because then I had access to all of these foods that I could eat. Um, so, yeah, it was just—I never felt like, oh, I have an eating disorder. Really, and to this day, I'm not like, oh, I had a serious eating disorder. But then I look back at it, I'm like yeah, that was my coping mechanism and that was not yeah. good for my body. Yeah. So yeah, so going from being really skinny without really trying that hard to do it, it just became this like, oh, I work out and I only eat vegetables and fruit and meat. And a year later, I'm super thin and now have all these gluten-free, dairy-free options that I can eat. Um, so now I'm taking in this food that I haven't been used to, putting weight back on and feeling like what is and going you know, what's on with my happening. body? What, how do I control this again? How do I get back to control of this? Mm, and
0: that was the beginning and of when,
1: yeah, the the bulimia started. Yeah. So um, how long
0: did that last?
1: So I um, moved to LA in 2009 from Rhode Island or from, from Seattle. I come back, came home back for the summer. and then yeah and it. then um, moved to LA and it was probably about and you had six had a
0: boyfriend in. who was in mm-hmm. the in the industry was he a yep. producer he was a director creative a direct, director yeah yeah. Yep. And so. not so great to you. He was reminding you when your thighs got a little thick.
1: Yeah, I think that he showed me what that world could be like. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so, so like, oh, I could do that. That could be my whole life. <laughs> like, I was so ready for someone to just guide me into this world that I'd fawned off for, for so long mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that I overlooked the ins and outs of the actual relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, And, you know, I think about if my husband saw me working out that much and eating so little, now we, he would say something. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need people in your life that are going to yeah, check on you in that regard. Yeah. So, um, so
0: then w- at what point between the time that you, you healed past that, mm-hmm. or mostly, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. did you find yoga or did you find it kind of, in the, in the healing process. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd been,
1: I guess, three or so years that I was kind of in the throes Mm -hmm. of, um, of an eating disorder and really, again, the whole time, not even calling it that in my own head. Um, and then I met my husband and, um, he was the first person that I really told about it that wasn't Mm -hmm. disappointed in me. Like didn't, he wasn't, and he wasn't like watching me to an extent. Like he wasn't um trying to fix it for me. Mm-hmm. He just would listen and would support me when I was feeling low. Um, so that helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> really.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow. That I mean, really, really important. was the first did, could, step. Did your mom have you was were your parents aware of this? Did you share with them after the fact? I mean they were aware. Um they could see how
1: much my body had changed and were wanting me to not work out as much and wanting me to eat more, um, but had never called it that. And I'd never called it that to them either. Yeah. I still, I mean, I still, towards the end of my mom's life, I wanted to tell her that that had gone on, but it mm-hmm. it was more for me. I felt like yeah. once I, once I really thought about it um, yeah. and I didn't want to even put that, like make her feel guilty for any of that either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I never had told my mom about it. Um, my sisters and closest friends know about it, but, um, but yeah, I just think, I think it's a piece of the way I coped through challenge, um, that I hope other people will not go to. (laughs) Um, yeah a phone call to a friend is much better for your body <laughs> than binging on unhealthy food and throwing it up yeah. to feel good. What yeah,
0: what so. when you were in that place what did you need that you didn't either reach out to or mm-hmm. did or that someone else that that loved you didn't what did you actually need? Maybe it was what your husband gave you. Uh, yeah, I mean I do think it was I grew up in such a tight knit community
1: and had really, really close friends through my high school years. And um, we just called each other on stuff. Yeah. And that accountability was just swept out from under me. Right. I Not mean, having that tribe old, of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Being, yeah. Really being 19, basically on my own in a city I'd never lived in before, mm-hmm. um, I just didn't have a soft place to fall. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I think I, it was really like us scrambling for security in some way. Right. And I just, I didn't, I didn't, I was trying to prove that I could do it so hard that I didn't want to reach out to people that knew me really well. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to prove to them that they were yeah. right, that I'm, I shouldn't have done this.
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as you found yoga, what was what was the thing about it that, um, made you want to actually create, become a teacher, become, you know, feeling this calling as to what you were supposed to be doing with this practice?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, the first class I took from my teacher, um, really, I was crying in Shavasana. She was talking about finding a place to call home in her physical body. And where were um, you when
0: you were taking this class?
1: In Seattle, okay. a studio called Shepha Yoga. Leah is my teacher and I love, you so much, Leah.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Leah. Look at Thank this you, beautiful, beautiful product. Yeah, she's that yeah, She's
1: helped so many people, and in ways that I'm sure she doesn't even know. It's just yeah. having having someone, especially for me, a woman, offer me that kind of intention of you're fine. Your body is a home for you. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I mean, it gives me chills still thinking about it. I was so in a mindset of fix your body, get it better, get it thinner, get
0: more. I'm going to cry thinking about this right now. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's like we spend, there's, we we're told so much, or we feel so much that we're, we start out in this place of there's something wrong Mm -hmm. and not everything is good. Mm -hmm. Like everything is good starting from that place. Mm -hmm. So somehow you have to, it's like this retraining. I feel like at least, I mean, I don't want to speak for you. I know for me, it's been, I had to, I'm in that process right now of retraining my brain that like Your body is good. Mm -hmm. You are healthy, Mm -hmm. you know, and and just that simple switch of language and and switch of emotion, which, you know, the first like 50 times I said that I didn't believe it. Mm -mm. I mean, it took so long.
1: Mm -hmm. And there's days I don't. I mean, there's definitely days I don't. Yeah. But the big story, the headline is that I, it's fine. My body is fine. <laughs> You're it's fine. carrying me. Yeah. <laughs> um, not to simplify it, but I, I, I think that, um, I think that being in a setting, being in that kind of active setting, like the gym has also been mm-hmm. a control thing for me throughout mm-hmm. my young adulthood of like, okay, well, I'll just go sweat it out. I'll just go work it out and, and I'll feel better about my body.
0: Yeah. And you probably did. I mean, mm-hmm. it's complicated because after a, you yeah, work it's, it's out, mixed, mm-hmm. you do feel great. You know, mm-hmm. you've. Yeah released all these endorphins you've replenished your blood you've got oxygen flowing so you do feel good mm-hmm. but you know how how high do you want to ride that wave and for mm-hmm. how long right exactly
1: yeah so so I think going into a setting it was I think it was my first yoga class really and it was a heated class so being in that setting of like oh we're here to sweat mm-hmm. but then also being told you're already there You just need to realize that you're already there. Mm -hmm. You're already home in your body. Like this is a safe place for you. Um, Really, it just changed the way I thought about exercise. I I mean, I remember even after meeting my husband, there was still that kind of shadow of guilt about my body image and feeling bad in the day, like feeling guilty until I went to the gym or like shaming myself until I had gone to the gym
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and acting not nice to people around me until I gone to the gym, which is just like I hate that I was that way.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: I've forgiven as myself you as for you're that, saying this, I'm
0: thinking to myself, God, I I literally like I do that still. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I I become like this evil little monster mm-hmm. if I don't get to the gym. You know, almost every other day. Like mm-hmm. I can tell if I hit day three and I haven't gone to the gym, I'm like really bratty. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't want to be around me. And Ryan's like, go take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that,
1: shifting that language around it. Yeah. Of it's, of it's, I'm serving my body. I'm strengthening my body because I want to feel stronger, not yeah. because I think I need to fix it to be this right. certain way. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. So once I felt that, once, once I felt that, I just was hooked on the practice of yoga. Um, and then it was about two years of practicing, two or three years until I took my first teacher training. Nice. Um, And inside of that teacher training, we really dove a lot deeper into um, what we even want to offer as a teacher, Mm -hmm. um, how our life story has influenced what we have to offer to others. Yeah. Um, And there were moments inside of that where I just felt like I had been so transformed by the practice that... um, if I could spark any sort of that in, in students, that would be, that would be a dream yeah. for me. So. so
0: I guess for you, I mean, just like a quick sort of, you know, if you can do a one-liner, yeah, yeah. like what, like what, is, what is this practice as a teacher? What, what, what is your mission, your mission statement? Mm-hmm. So to Yeah. Speak.
1: Yeah. Let me think on it for just a second. Um, I think yeah. So, so my, yeah, my mission as an instructor, my calling as an instructor is to facilitate a space for people to feel at home in their own bodies. because that's, that's our home. That's, that's where amazing. We are. That's a, our soul home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. Mm-mm. And that's like the, the just sad sort of dark truth about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, and I mean, I think Americans are really good at doing this because we're so, we're like consumers of the external world so much. Give me more of the things and the that's and this, so that we can feel complete mm-hmm. versus, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm at fault f- from it almost every day, you know, in these little, in these tiny little ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I think it's the, the beginnings of this sort of respecting of how we're how we're perceiving the world and ourselves and how we operate within the world and within ourselves where the the first thing you do is you look with within and then second you can look out mm-hmm. but before you're inside and you're really tuned in there don't even think about looking out
1: Mm-mm. yep and it's i mean emotional response can snap you out of that path real quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But I, I think there is kind of, um, when it comes to our bodies aging and our bodies changing over time and our own mortality, I think that there's plenty of ways to distract ourselves out of our physical body. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's our phones, there's, um, yeah. there's social contact there's, um, yeah, there's, alcohol, there's food, there's exercise. There's all these ways that we can distract ourselves and convince ourselves that we're just this, this form that can be improved yeah. and improved and improved and improved mm-hmm. until it's perfect, which it's, we're constantly breaking down. We're constantly aging. And can we get comfortable in that and still function and not be mad that we haven't worked out in three days? Like that's, that's kind of the, yeah. the shift that yeah. I I hope I can stay with. Yeah. Um, Well, because
0: when you think about it, the amount of energy that you spend hating yourself because you didn't work out for three days, Mm -hmm. right? I think about that, the feelings, you know, and we all know this sort of like, okay, so you have this sort of thought, this negative thought, and that creates a a feeling. And if it's a feeling of stress or frustration or anger, it's like, okay, well, then you're going to, you know, you're going to create some sort of cortisol within your body, Yep. And then that's going to, you know, so you have this stress response already happening in your body. Mm-hmm. So the thoughts around the fact that you didn't work out for three days are <laughs> arguably way worse for your body than the fact that you didn't work out for three days. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? And those around you that yeah. are then dealing
1: with an upset yeah. person. Yeah. I'm
0: trying to think of for myself, you know, what would that sort of, what would that, what would that statement be? What would I say to myself as this sort of reframing when I haven't worked out for three days, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I haven't worked out for a week. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was sick, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe I just, you know, I just wasn't feeling good. It's like, what do I tell myself? You know, it's okay. You needed to take a rest for three days or you needed to, you needed to, to reset. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And I, I think,
0: what do you, what do you tell yourself?
1: I think that, um, I think that for me, I've, Finally, gotten in the groove, the regularity, the habit of being in my physical body and moving in a way that works for my physical body. Yeah. That I'm functioning again, that like my metabolism is working again. Mm -hmm. For years, it was just very thrown off from disordered eating. Yeah. I wasn't processing food, I wasn't getting energy from food. Yeah. So I think, I think just trusting that you haven't given up on exercising. You're Mm -hmm. not not going to go to the gym again in the future. This is just a week where you were full with other things, Yeah, you know, and your body is going to be there for you when you are back in the gym.
0: Yeah. And it will tell you, you know, Mm -hmm. it does speak to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think part of it is if you're, if you are hyper aware of your body, like for me, my issue is actually that I become so hyper aware of my body that I overthink. I mean, I know you can relate to this too. It's like this overthinking of like, I didn't do this. I ate that. I shouldn't have eaten that. Mm -hmm. I didn't drink enough water. Go drink a bunch of water. Okay. I feel like crap right now. Okay, we'll I'll have a glass of wine, and it's fine. We'll I'll have two glasses of wine, and it's fine. And okay, now I have to drink a bunch of water. And there's just like constant calculations in my head. Yep. And, you know, and I know, but it's funny because if I just sit down and I could do like a five-minute meditation to calm my whole body down, mm-hmm. and I feel like a million bucks, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's, that's all it takes for all of this sort of buildup, yep. you know?
1: Well, it has to go somewhere, you know, that cortisol, that, that stress, it doesn't just, it
0: doesn't just disappear. Mm -hmm, It has to mm -hmm. come out in some way.
1: It has to be seen or released in some way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Working with, um, and and we'll probably have to wrap up pretty soon, but, but, um, I'm excited to be doing a goddess series where we, we, we start tapping into the chakra system and goddesses because it is really, you know, I think it's, it's a great sort of, um, The the Hindu goddesses in particular, they give an imagery of these sort of characteristics that will come out, you know, and you think of that, the, the personality, you know, the bratty bitch, right? Right. (laughs) It's like (laughs) freaking out and she's so angry and she's so upset, which we all, as a woman, we all tune into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it really, what it, it, that's excess energy that wasn't harnessed. It wasn't properly utilized Mm -hmm. and therefore it's stagnant and it has to come out some way. Yep. You know, and I think viewing, viewing our bodies as more of these energy forces potentially, and not just like the calories I eat, Mm -hmm. I need to burn off, which, you know, Mm -hmm. is, it is the beginning steps, you know, to understanding your body, but it's the wrong, maybe the wrong steps to take.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think, I think that one of the most important steps really is that, that just zoom out of, I'm not an unhealthy person. I'm a living, breathing person that needs things, that yeah. has commitments in my life. So big picture, what am I doing?
0: Mm-hmm. It, yeah. That
1: that for me, right. yoga gave me that yeah. perspective for sure. Yeah. To just quit calculating every
0: minute and every calorie and every yeah. calorie burned. It's like, it's yeah. exhausting. Well, and it creates this sort of energy where you're just like so high up, you know, you're mm-hmm. just like overthinking everything mm-hmm. and not root, not rooted down. Yep. Yep. as and an individual, and 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 feeling rooted is just I feel safe and secure in my body and with my spirit, who I am, you know, and everything else that that entails, mm-hmm. you know. Which mm-hmm. we could we could then get into the conversation around the health of the lower colon mm-hmm. and fertility issues yep. and yep. this sort of stressful uh, environment as women that we do and the impacts on our fertility with that, which would be fun to talk about. And I'm sure you have some. Yeah. As now as a mother. Yes. With a child is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think. Oh, let me.
0: Okay. I brought you a gift. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I had to give this one to you. I don't know. I I always try to think of, okay, if I'm going to give someone a product on the show. Yes. What would it be? And I have to sit because we have the whole chakra line. Yes. So I basically, before I even see you, I have to like. Think about you and what it is that I would pick for you. Yes. So I chose root. So it's funny cool. we're talking about root yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So um I got you I got you a little bag of root to awesome. stay, continue to stay rooted. Love that. In your body. And can't
1: wait to consume it. Yeah. Um I love that. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. It's and that's I I think that's to kind of tie in all these pieces that I've shared so far. Um that's it. The, the foundation we come from so often can influence us, our families growing up, our family group growing up,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it can set grounding and it can be beautiful. And it was for me, but then you can get used to that. And then when you lose it, there's a whole slew of ways that you try to cope. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, I think yoga can be that there's so many different ways to ground and stay connected. Um, but it's, it's, it's that it's coming back to that sensation of groundedness, yeah. that, that home sense that that is so that, far away from. the <laughs> place
0: that we all felt when we were in the womb, mm-hmm. protected in our, in our mom's bellies. Yep.
1: Yep. It's a real yeah. thing and that we yeah. biologically want to get back yeah.
0: to. Well, and, but what, it, you know, our traumas really do make for great stories and they can make fabulous characters. I mean, I don't, we wouldn't be sitting here today if you hadn't gone through exactly these traumas exactly. and you've yep. chosen to now transform them and build a, a magnificent life. And you're going to raise a wonderful son and the principles that you're going to take from all of these, you know, these issues and traumas and hurts and pains, you know, will just carry on through, through your family mm-hmm. and, and every, and, and those that you teach around you. So yeah. 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 Melanie, it's been really nice having you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So Thank shot. you for watching the Sunspice Wisdom Show. And we will uh, look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>